You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love her. Brown skin, love her. Brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. You already know on this show we be interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. This is the first episode of season six, episode 101, and I guarantee this is going to be one of the best episodes you have ever heard. With my homie, I run a lot from Dorm Entertainment. When I tell you, jewels after jewels after jewels. And if you black, if you have not heard of Dorm Entertainment, go check them out. Go check out I Roam a lot, some of the funniest brothers online. His story, how I'm not even going to give any snippets of this story. You need to listen to this whole interview. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a corporate America, if you are starting out, if you're just getting started, or if you're already blown up and you just listen to this just for, for, for giggles, you need to listen to this podcast. This is life-changing, right? Life-changing. You need to listen to this show all the way through. Not 15 minutes, not 20 minutes, none of that. And the title of this show because I'm bringing it right to your kitchen right now because I know y'all like three months where you been three months where you been I got something for you the title of the show let me let me pull it up make sure we uh we on tab with it is blessings that hurt and we getting deep in this thing man because I'm just gonna take you right there real quick from their perspective and also from a personal life perspective because y'all know this is a family and I treat every podcast listener that downloads this show that's been riding since 2014 or just jumped in the, jumped on the, the bandwagon. I treat y'all like family, right? So from his perspective, they had a great channel on YouTube and this was like around 2011. Had 60,000 subs, over 11 million views and that was back when YouTube, where they, the algorithms didn't play with you. You had 60,000 subs, they were always seeing your stuff. And long story short, channel got deleted. They had to start from scratch. And it's way bigger story than what I'm selling. So you got to listen to the podcast to get the whole context. Because live context, I mean, I almost dropped a tear the way how it kind of transpired. And they started from scratch after 60K and 80 subs. And now these guys doing deals with Kevin Hart on Comedy Central. Did stuff with MTV. And they had a preeminent black comedy group online if you haven't heard of them check them out legitimately funny legitimately funny and sometimes there's some blessings that you see it hurt them when it lost all the subscribers all that time they put in all that energy and they got to start back from zero now they over a million subs but we're not even talking about that and the blessing sometimes the blessing hurts it hurt when it happened and he said something he said that in the podcast and that resonated with my soul because i'm going to bring y'all in my corner right now I can't discuss everything that's going on uh, with my family right now, but you need to. I would love for my podcast community and my friends to keep the white family in your prayers. 
And I know my last name is Hill, but my dad, the person that raised me, is John White. And my mother, Vassie White, and my brother, Jonathan White, please keep us in our, please keep the family in prayers. Um, some things happen. And yeah, that's all I got to say, especially if you pray for my little brother. And I want to say this. Sometimes blessings hurt. The situation that he's going through, the situation that the family's affected to going through, the situation that my church family and everybody that, that knows us is going through, um, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But it's a blessing in this. Shout out to my boy T. Kuepler. We had like an hour-long conversation at the church Wednesday night class. He's like, yo, G, you said it to the kids all the time, yo. In any situation that's dark, instead of, instead of beating yourself up, instead of hiding, what am I learning? What am I learning from this situation? What am I learning from this situation? I guarantee our family, my little brother, myself, hopefully the community, will be stronger from it. And we're not just hoping. We got we got to be intentionally say we're going to get stronger from it and let our energy manifest in that way. So that's all I got to say on that. Please keep the white family in your prayers. But on a lighter note, I got a slew of updates before we get into this day, right? First and foremost, June 1st. 2019, Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going back on live tour. 10 cities all this summer. Get ready, get ready, get ready. New Orleans, get ready. Atlanta, get ready. DC, get ready. San Fran, get ready. I mean, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, we got, oh, ooh, Detroit, get ready. Like, I got so much in store for y'all this summer. We going on road, building an in person community, because that's what we do, building in person community. And I'm excited. I can't decide. And as y'all can tell, I sound crisp, right? Thank you for you. Capital Improvement Campaign. Y'all raised a couple grand for the boys. So, yo, y'all got that sure SM7B, a.k.a. The Breakfast Club, Mike on deck, sounded crisp and clear. Side note, we go to the interview, it ain't going to sound like that. <laughs> it still sounds exciting, but I must say, I must say, I must say, I must say. The first eight interviews I did this season were like analog. They were the old school stuff. So we got the new stuff coming in. So y'all going to see a drastic difference for it. Also, too, I got my boy, Sydney Evans, who is a member of my Noted Trailblazer team. We're going to debut his new position when we actually bring him all this up on the show, the whole team, and, and share y'all what we're doing in my Noted Trailblazer media, man. But he's editing all my podcasts now, man, so shout out to him. And the biggest news that I'm excited about, right, outside of Trailblazer University, I've been mentioning it before, when we come on tour this summer, when we hitting all these cities and roads, we need y'all to join Trailblazers University. He'll be back. He'll be he'll be up by like in the May, and we'll be talking about it on tour, man. It's gonna be our online community where we learning, where we sharing, where we growing, and all that good stuff with one another, man. But if you if you are faithful listening to the show, you want to grow my community, you have to be on it. But we're gonna get there another time. The biggest announcement that I have to make is I mentioned it in the end of 2018, but it's here now. Minority Trailblazer Podcast Network has launched. You will see some more stuff online on our websites and everything of that nature, but it's launched. I'm excited. We're releasing two brand new shows, one in April called the Advanced Notice Podcast, which is going to be crazy political podcast led by my brother Marcus Bass, man going to be dropping exclusive interviews a lot of great content and we're going to shift this culture man we are no longer going to be uneducated on this political thing right we no longer going to be doing i'm not accepting that no more and we're not just looking we're not just looking at talking heads we're looking at the practitioners people that's really interested in this community explaining it in a regular way so i'm gonna have him come on the podcast this season 
and talk about the show, talk about what to get excited for. So that's going to be dropping on Tuesdays. Then it may be got my homegirl. If you listen to the 100th episode or you actually were in person and it sold out show, and showed out show in Durham, North Carolina, or her girl T. Anna is going to be on the podcast. and No, not be on the podcast. Have her on show. Cope, cope for the Culture Podcast. And we talk about mental health from a variety of perspectives, from mental health from creatives, uh, entrepreneurs, mental health for um, people that have been incarcerated, mental health for people that uh, have stillbirths or that have miscarriages. Man, it's going to get deep. And she is a trained therapist. Marcus Bass is executive director of his own political advocacy group. This is not just people that we just picked out the street and they have opinions. No, these are people that are practitioners in the streets. And she's going to be dropping on Wednesdays. So you're going to have your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays, and your Thursdays covered by Minority Trailblazer Network. And later this year, we got two more shows, one dropping on Monday and one dropping on Friday. And the Friday one is going to be a special project. It's going to be called On Code, led by myself. Sydney Evans, my boy Mike Farrell, and a slew of special guests. And that one's going to be funny. Y'all going to see me in a different light. For my corporate sponsors, people that are interested in backing me on that, don't don't listen to that show because <laughs> we're going to be in a whole different light on that, man. It's going to be a Friday. It's going to be light. It's going to be something for my fellas, though, for my black men specifically. It's going to be something for y'all, man. So y'all get excited, man. Just because y'all continue to support last four years, that's the reason why we've been able to make it all uh, possible, man. And we're going to stretch this thing. So I need y'all. I pray. Stop what you're doing right now. I need y'all this year to support me. Not talking about just financially. I need, we need sold out shows when we go on on, on this tour. And I got some announcements on the cost of the tour. Y'all going to be surprised by it. We need y'all sharing these podcasts, sharing these shows, really uh, edifying and supporting our guest hosts. We need that. Because what we got coming, man, is going to change the whole culture. And hopefully change a lot of y'all lives, man, as well, man. So season six is phenomenal. It's going to have people from the Blue Check Boy community as well as the people that's on the grind in the mix and even out the mix, man. I'm going to have a, a crazy, crazy, crazy dialogue this season, man. It's going to be the best season of date, I guarantee. And we probably just going to push it to 20 episodes. I know y'all like, yo, you've been off three months? Yeah, we've been building. We've been building. Trailblazer University ain't coming out of nowhere. Oh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. Also, we got a huge, huge, huge partnership that we'll be announcing. Not this podcast, next podcast, my boy Daniel Griggs from ATX Web Designs. If y'all heard of him, go check out his podcast. I don't know which episode, but go check it out, man. We got a huge deal that's dropping um, later this year, man. I mean, actually later, probably by the end of this episode, next episode, we'll be announcing our partnership. Their uh, company is going to do all our web designs. Um, and all our graphics and everything, and that y'all gonna actually, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business, and you're looking for quality web design services, not just from, and no offense to the mom and pops, right? But this man, brother, started from scratch and has a 15 person team that handles all that stuff. We announcing our partnership soon, man. So I'm excited about that. But yo, I know a lot of y'all tune in to hear this podcast with Stevie, Mr. I Roam a Lot from I Dorm Entertainment. And if you're new to this podcast, you're like, bro. You done took 10 minutes of your intro to get off all this stuff. I just came in for Stevie. Well, shoot. Hey, you're going to come in for Stevie, but you're going to stay with Minority Troubles podcast after this thing because we got a slew of other interviews, but we ain't going to get into it all right, right? But this is a mind-blowing episode, one-fifth of the group dorm entertainment, man. If you don't know about them, check them out. This is a classic, classic, classic live interview, which I did in California around two weeks ago in person, man. So check it out. Y'all enjoy the show.
Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg E. Hill, the Culture Change Agent. Y'all already know on this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And I got a show for you, yo. It's, it's crazy. It's been almost three years in the making. It was Orange High School with Celeste, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like three, four years. Three or four years in the making, Jeez. man. Um, I met a shout out to Celeste, man, out there in Texas doing her thing, man. So she introduced me to him and she was like, yo, I need you to introduce this person. I know I meet a lot of times. Oh, all right, cool, cool, cool. And I heard him speak. I was like, yo, this is a pretty dope dude. And then I, I went down a rabbit hole, you know, when you researching people and you seeing like, OK, researching dorm team. And I hear I, I realized hearing about them a couple years back when I was at um, in college, North Carolina A&T, man. And it's crazy. We actually had a couple podcasts before this podcast, like. You already told me a little bit about yeah, the story, yeah. everything That's else. Cool, yeah. And I was like, we need to be recording this, yeah, dog. Like, yeah. what you mean, bro? Like, Some of the best conversations are off air sometimes. But, you know, yeah. you, can't, you can't catch it all. <laughs> yeah, man. So when I was out in California, I said I had one mission. At first, I had like meetings, stat back to back interviews. And I was like, nah, I do that all the time in Durham. It's 2019, starting the year off on fire. But I need to kind of slow down and relax. But I said, when I'm in California, I got to make sure I get Stevie on the podcast. Y'all may know him as, I roam a lot. I, 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 I always knew him as Stevie. Like I told my boys, like, yeah, Stevie come through. They're like, oh, no, I'm a star roam? I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a Stevie. Like, I, saw, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, as I was always, uh, we always start to show off with a quote, man, have our guests share a quote and why and how they use that quote in their everyday life, man. So what do you want me to call you on the show, man? Uh, Rome is fine. Rome is fine. Got you, man. So, Rome, man, share us a quote and then share us uh, a story about how you apply that quote to your everyday life. Man, uh, hold on, I gotta read, <laughs> I gotta read the quote. I gotta read the quote. Because it's such a good quote, uh-huh. I gotta read it. Hold on. So, I heard this quote maybe, maybe a month ago. Uh-huh. And I finally, I was like, oh, this is the one I want. So, it's called the Stonecutter quote. Okay. And it's, Look at a stone cutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it was split in two. And no, it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. Mm. And when I heard that, I said, this is my life. Like, this is everything that I'm doing as a entrepreneur, as a comedian, as a black man. It's like, Everything that we do, we have to put in work. Mm-hmm. Like we gotta work, we gotta work, we gotta work. And we keep chipping away at stuff, keep chipping away at stuff, and then when it finally cracks, we like it's a relief. But it's only the only reason it cracked is because we put in all that work beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that stone cutter thing really resonated with me because we with anything, like even in the gym, it's like, you know, you're getting the, the reps in, you know, you're pushing up, pushing up, pushing up. But it's really those last couple <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones that push your body to the next level. And that's how you grow. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Because even when you when you take it into uh, thinking about like a sword, uh-huh. like you got to put sword through heat. It has to be beat. It has to be molded. And then after a while it gets rusty, then you got to break it down again, put it through the heat again, sharpen it. And that's how we are. We are like swords. We just got to keep sharpening ourselves. So that... Yeah, that really uh, resonated with me, that, that quote. And that quote's deep also, yeah. too, as a, as a black man, it's a little different because, you know, we look at some other cultures where 
I, I'm I mean, hard work is general everybody, but it's like certain coaches they don't need to get to the hundreds hit. Yeah, it uh, might be twenty. Like we see VC capital, I have idea. Yeah. Oh, here's a million dollars back. This fun, and we have people that with like ten years of experience doing something. We can't get no loan. We can't no get loan. nothing. And then the crazy thing is, once you do break a thing, you have a, a smorgasbord of people around you to see you break it, and they're like, "Yo, can you break mine for you?" Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to think I want to jump in mine while you're here. Um, let's go ahead and jump it in right here, like because now, and we're gonna. I always layer it to do the backstory first. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, I don't. I'm excited, but I want to do the backstory first because okay. I really want people to get the full context, man. So yeah. before I roam a lot, before all this stuff, man, I didn't realize you just a boy from North Carolina, man. Oh, so man. yeah, so take us back home, man, for our audience that follow your content, love what you do, uh, love the photos, they see dorm tape and then following y'all for years, but they're like, who is this guy? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so break us back down to who are you, man? Uh, military brat, man. Um, my mother is from Sanford, North Carolina. Wow. My father is from Sarasota, Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, my mother and father uh, met here in California, actually. Um, and I was born in Germany. I was born in Germany. <laughs> Sarasota, Germany, yeah. Stanford. I'm trying to connect was, the dots. So I was born in Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, we moved to Massachusetts. Then we moved to Panama. Uh-huh. Then we moved to North Carolina. At what age were you in North Carolina? Uh, probably like five, six. Okay. So that's where I'm raised, like in North Carolina. So I, we moved to Durham first. Uh-huh. And then uh, we maneuvered right on over to uh, Hillsborough. Uh-huh. So it was in Orange County. And, uh, and I went to Orange High School in Hillsborough. North Carolina, and I am a die-hard Tar Heels fan. So if you will do fan, run up on me when you see me. It's not. But uh, yeah, so that's why I'm pretty much raised in North Carolina, and uh, yeah, that's where my roots are. That man, my grandmother's in North Carolina, my aunts and uncles, and, um, some of my family's upstate, like Pennsylvania, and some are still in Delaware and things like that. But North Carolina is what I um, resonate with. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we grew up in North Carolina. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go straight straight okay. in the middle school, high school area. What were your interests? Like, what were you into in middle school, high school? What type of kid were you, man? Paint that picture. Uh, I was different. <laughs> <laughs> goofy. I've been goofy, man. I've been goofy a long time. I used to do. I used to do stuff like my mother would be like sleep on the couch, uh-huh. and I come in like she'd be in the, on the couch, and I would like run from my room and just be screaming like. Ah! <laughs> It's <laughs> like, boy, what the hell wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, I just want to say, I love you, mom. That's all I just wake up. Oh, man. Like, boy, I just got off work. I'm tired. You know, so I was just goofy, but I was always into arts, uh-huh. music, uh, always in. Like, I played sports. Yeah. But I knew early that I was like, this isn't going to go far for me. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know what? It comes down to like, that society, the societal pressure. Yeah. All my friends were doing sports. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I gotta keep up with my, I keep up with the homies. You know, they playing football, you know, da da da. So I, I gotta keep playing. But I just, I didn't have, I love watching it. Yeah. Uh, being a spectator, but me being out there, I wasn't feeling it. But when I got into like the band mm-hmm. and things like the arts and like, you know, stuff like that, I was like, ooh, I like this. Like this yeah. is, this is, this is hitting me in my soul. So yeah, middle school. Then I was also uh, a fat kid. <laughs> what do you? So you say fat kid? What do you? What do you mean by that? Uh, I was fat. Like I was. Uh, <laughs> I was. I was borderline obese. This is yeah. what the doctor told me. Oh wow! 
Um, I weighed, I think I was like five, seven. I was like two ten. Oh, right good. Now. Oh, boy. Yeah, right now I'm six, two and I'm like one ninety. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. short. Body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Black so, boy. But in that, in uh-huh. me being fat is where I developed my comedy mm-hmm. because I'm not, I can't fight really. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to be suspended. You know, yeah. I was a good kid. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to, shout out to the black brothers. Good, good average, great yeah. average. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the black brothers that admit they can't fight. Cause why are black brothers think they can fight? You know, but nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but back then it's like, I, I learned to use, you know, roasting, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. you come at me, I'm like, all right, I don't got nothing else for you, but my words, becoming a wordsmith. And uh-huh. I used to write poems. I yep. used to uh, watch stand-ups. I used to do all that stuff. So within that is where I kind of developed uh, my love for just being funny, being a funny guy. So I became the class clown, became the guy who was always trying to make people laugh. So I, I still played sports, but I just didn't have, like I said, I just didn't have that, um, that love for it that I that I thought I would have. It was more so the pressure of my friends and stuff like that. So that was for me from middle school, mm-hmm. kind of on up through high school. Um, and my birthday is April first. Yeah, April Fool's Day. Kinda, <laughs> for your birthday is April like, Fool's Day. When I think about it, the God is God has a funny sense of humor. Like because me being born April Fools, <laughs> me being born April Fools, I just never really thought about like. I never really thought about me doing comedy, mm-hmm. but all the pieces were kind of late. Like I was born April Fool's, at all the family reunions, the functions, the Thanksgivings. It was like, oh, you know, tell us some jokes. I'll do it. Blah, blah, blah. So I would do that. Then in high school, I was voted most likely to be successful. Oh my, sorry, most likely to be famous. Wow! And I was like, why they name me that? Because. I was doing music and stuff in yeah. high school, but it wasn't like I was popping on the charts. <laughs> but I was like, it was like God was giving me little glimpses of where I was going to go, but I just kind of didn't see it yet. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I hadn't discovered discovered myself. And so, yeah, from middle school to high school was all like arts and stuff like that. And then I remember I went to Atlanta for my sister's cheerleading competition in 2002. I'll never forget ninth grade. At first, I wasn't going to go. And then my mom was like, well, it's the national cheerleading competition. So it's going to be all the cheerleaders. I said, oh, I mean, I, I, I can ride. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of girls. I, I, I can ride. Yeah. <laughs> going out there. And that was my first time going to Atlanta. I went to Atlanta. As we're leaving Atlanta, um, after a couple of days, I told my mom, I looked at it, I said, this is where I'm going to college at. And she was like, boy, you just talking. Yeah. Because I was in ninth grade. Uh-huh. And senior year came around. I applied different places. Wasn't getting in, and I finally uh, applied to the Art Institute in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Immediately got accepted to the audio program. I was like, "Oh, I'm out of here." But I think it's because I had already put it in the atmosphere. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah. I already put it out there. I said it wasn't an if. It was. It was a. It was almost like a hit in my gut. I was like, "Oh, this is where I'm going to college at." Like, and mm-hmm. and I and it, and it happened. You know what I'm saying? Which was the, honestly one of the best decisions I ever made. So stay right there. Before yeah. we transition into college, yeah. man, on that realm of putting stuff in the atmosphere, let's yeah. bring it back to current day because oh. I want to just, all, I, I like just mixing stuff oh, up yeah, for the yeah, sake yeah. of it. Current day, what's the last thing you put out in the atmosphere um, that came to pass that you, on top of your head? I said, all right, I'm going to give myself a week to get down to 195. And 10 pounds in a week is a lot. Heck yeah, 10 That's pounds a lot. Yeah. So I put it out there 
literally three days into it, mm-hmm. four days into it, I was at one ninety seven. I was like, wait. And, but I, I didn't I didn't really switch too much of my routine. Yeah. <laughs> I just went a little further in the gym. Like I just I worked out like maybe 30 minutes extra. Like I had a little extra time to it. Um and then so I ended up getting it in, in a week. But I think what comes with putting stuff in the atmosphere is putting yourself in motion. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just say stuff mm-hmm. and then they just sit around. That can, I mean, that, I feel like that can happen, but most of the time, once you put it out, you got to move. Like you say, you mm-hmm. fake without, you know, works is dead. So as yeah. soon as you put something out, you got to move first and then God meet you in the yeah. middle. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I put it out there, then I was like, all right, what am I going to do to start this process? Like, all right, let me add an extra 10 minutes. Let me add an extra 20 minutes. And then, then it happened. But that's the one of the last things I can. Uh, so what'd you end up having after the week, end of the week? Uh, one ninety four actually. Okay, yeah, and now I'm at one ninety. So yeah, I'm trying to get to one eighty five. Oh yeah, one eighty five. Trying to get to. Were you ever able to dunk? You know what? I wasn't a dunker. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't a dunker. I think because my feet was flat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They got that little that arch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When I when I run it be. <laughs> you, know, like, you hear that? Like, yeah, when I run, it's a little rough. So it's great. It's glad you take the jacket off because I was like, I, yeah. I know LA too. LA dudes, they have like an inside cool. I watch all the interviews with Star. Like, yo, they have sunglasses yeah. on. It's eight degrees. They got all leather jackets. Yeah, First of all, walk us through that because you meet around a lot of casters in those things. You've been on the runway. How did, is it hot? When no, y'all be looking so cool. I but I'm like, I'll just tell. I heard the other day. I said, look, I do not like. It's a certain etiquette. Like, yeah. you come in the interview, you want to look at somebody, you know what I'm saying? You got these shades <laughs> on. They be having big furs on yeah. the interview. Who am I talking to right now? Like, come on, man. Like, come on. But I do I do see that a lot. I'm like, y'all, maybe. And then what people don't know is, like, when you're filming, those studio lights and stuff, uh-huh. it's hot. Uh-huh. Those lights and stuff is hot. So I don't know how they be doing it. I get hot quick. Uh-huh. I get hot quick. So I was like, I don't know how <laughs> they are doing that. But like you said, I think they got some internal... Cooling system, guys. All right, so let's jump right back into college, yeah. man. So now you said you wanted to be in the A. Mm-hmm. Boom! Now we in the A, man. Um, you're in the institute. It's, 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 what is it? What, what college again? Uh, Art Institute of Atlanta. Art Institute of Atlanta, man. 2006, man. Yeah. Walk us through that journey real quick, man. Uh, so I get, I get to what's crazy is all the guys that I know today. Mm-hmm. I met first day of college. Are you serious? The whole crew. The first day. Walk us through that, man. Like, first day, I don't know they said, like, bro, all right, come on, man. He already scoped into, like, a made-for-TV type thing. Like, yeah. It's like, first day. So, Cam in uh-huh. the group, his brother is Chaz. Uh-huh. And Cam's best friend is Mike. They all were in Miami. Yeah. Um. Then, uh, Emmanuel is from D.C., and then Tay, who's no longer in the group right now, but he was from Detroit. But this first, <laughs> the first day of school, I meet Cam downstairs. I was already met Emmanuel, like maybe during orientation or something like that. But then Cam comes downstairs because some guy in his class mm-hmm. brought him to the table we were sitting at because he knew somebody else at the table. So we all clicked up there. But then this is where it got wild. We go back to our dorms. We all are three doors down from each other. Got kids, you know, we three doors down. I'm in apartment like 623, Emmanuel in like 620, Cam in like 627. It's wow. like right in the, we was like, yo, this is weird. And then we all just kind of started hanging out from there. Then after we moved out of that apartment, um, 
the next year, that's when uh, Chaz Camp brother moved up, and then Mike moved up, and then we all just kind of started formulating the group right there. But yeah. it's just nuts how it happened the first day. So I get to college, and um, I don't know anybody. My dad lives in Macon, Georgia, yeah, which is like an hour outside of Atlanta. Um, but other than that, I didn't know nobody. So we mm-hmm. all started clicking up, hanging out, hanging out. Come 2009, we like, yo, we wanna, we wanna do something. We gotta do something, like. I ain't trying to work for them. And it's in three years in. So y'all got there. You you accepted. You started college two thousand six, yeah, correct? Six, so in three years, y'all like y'all been growing each other, yeah, laughing, growing, so yeah, laughing together, clowning, doing little stuff on Facebook, stuff like that. We was like, you know what? We want to do a nonprofit for kids. So uh-huh. the that actually started because we want to do a nonprofit for kids. Wow, I never knew that. And then nobody told us that you had a profit, had to have a profit in order to start. <laughs> uh-huh. So we were like, oh, that's not going. That's yeah, because we ain't got that. Yeah. So then we try to do club promotion because okay, yeah, that's the, uh, of the score. That's the natural oh. transition. As an entrepreneur, you're a black oh. man. You start off okay now. You probably, gotta go to the clubs first. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, we had one party uh-huh. on July seventeenth, two thousand seven. Uh huh. It might have been twenty fourth. I don't know why I just thought about that, but yeah. So right in that gap, we had one party. Six people showed up, five of them was us. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Not a lot of people showed up. Uh-huh. Um, we were like, you know what? This this probably isn't the problem. <laughs> it was like, yo, we've been making these funny videos on Facebook and stuff. This YouTube thing is new. Like, why don't we try putting stuff on there? So then we started trying to come up with names and we ended up with Dormtainment. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Cam's aunt helped us get our, you know, our. Uh, business license, a tax ID. Okay, so y'all see, I went full in right from the jump. Right from the jump. Okay, we, we trademarked the LLC, uh, trademarked name, all that stuff. Went straight in, and we started March seventeenth, two thousand nine. So March seventeenth this year is our ten year anniversary. Wow! Nice. Wow! <laughs> a decade in the game. And for people to still be loving us and watching us, I don't take that for granted. Like that's uh-huh. that's an amazing thing. So yeah, March seventeenth this year is our. 10 year anniversary um but yeah we just started uh making the videos from there and that's it's a whole gap in between there of a lot of stuff going on we might get to i'm not sure yeah. whichever way you want to go with it but yeah i can definitely feel you in all right so let's just take one thing what were the top two things you learned for you you gathered from your college experience about yourself um one i was a little bit uh i was a little bit hard on myself to be honest like Way harder than I needed to be. I like I said, I felt this I felt this need to prove people wrong for so or like I felt like I had my whole family on my back. So I needed to be like, get to college, make sure you graduate, make sure you get a job, make sure you da da da. But just my, my life just it wasn't going that direction. And mm-hmm. I was like and, and then I'm kind of battling my parents because now I'm becoming this entrepreneur, which I never really thought I was gonna be. And then my parents are like, what are you doing? You making videos? Like, <laughs> yeah. You just making videos on the internet? How you gonna live off that? So I was, but I was, so I was real hard on myself that that's one thing I learned. And then another thing is, man, your core group of people is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, probably the one of the most important things to have during, especially during that gap, those years, because I could have been with a group that steered me in a whole other direction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like God formulated all of us because they wasn't, you know, wasn't on drugs, wasn't nobody like beefing, wasn't, on, wasn't nothing like that. Everybody was all for the same goal and stuff like that. And to get a group of people like minded together on the same goal, you you got to take that and and run with it because it's tough. You know, it's tough for people working together half the time. So 
I learned like, okay, your circle is this. This is a real thing. Like you gotta have the right amount of uh, the right people. But I was always raised um, to 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 guard my energy. Anyway, my mom used to always be like, don't just let anybody in your house. Don't let you know. Don't let just anybody hang out with you. Really talk to people. Don't just hang out with anybody. Really get to know people. So yeah, I would say those two things. One of the first. And most important lesson I learned to not be too hard on myself, and also that your uh, your core group of uh, mm-hmm. friends is very important. So walk us through two things. One, yeah. what was the first video y'all created together, and then two, what was the first video y'all created that kind of got y'all attention? Like realized, like okay, this is it. Okay, the first video we created together was um, was one of the first videos. It was like a, like a dance video. Uh huh. You know, back then, it was just doing, we didn't have no premises to, to videos back then. It was uh-huh. just guys having fun. We 20 years old at the time, 24 yeah. years old at the time. So it wasn't really nothing uh, crazy. So that was like the first video we did to get like a little dance compilation thing. A dance compilation. Um, one, oh, it was called, one of the first videos was called The Obama Dance. Oh, okay. It was when President Obama had just got elected. So yeah. we kind of took that and, so it was right at the, End of 08, mm-hmm. going into oh yeah, going into 09. So we did the Obama dance, and uh, that was people really loved that. We had made a whole dance to it, and that was fun. Um, but what really, it's funny, what really kind of started gaining um, attraction wasn't even a video. Um, our friend, who we still friends with to this day, she lives out in LA too, her name Latoya. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked, she used to work for Atlantic uh, Records. Uh, she hit us up because she was on the uh, Campus Pals at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, we're having a variety show. i seen you guys' videos on Facebook. You guys are hilarious. Um, we're looking for hosts. Have you guys ever hosted a show? Absolutely not. We've never hosted a show. Uh-huh. We didn't tell her that. Yeah. We were like, yeah, we don't show all the time. Yeah. We don't show them all the time. We would love to host your show. <laughs> we got off the phone. We like, what the hell are we going to do? Because we, yeah. we never hosted no show before. Uh-huh. But... This is just a lesson in like sometimes you just gotta jump because mm-hmm. had we not had we not done this show because when we get there we thinking oh it's gonna be like you know fifty to hundred people for a little variety show it was eight hundred people there eight hundred people y'all never hosted a show before never hosted a show before and then like I said God got a sense of humor we get there we came up with like routines and stuff like that so we knew if we gonna host we gonna be remembered yeah. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah, oh, damn. Yeah. We don't, we don't remember. <laughs> right before I'm about to go out on stage, she texts us and says, hey, um, our intermission act just canceled, so uh, you guys can do something for the intermission because uh, we need somebody. So y'all are funny. Y'all have figured it out. Y'all hosted before. I said, oh. A whole intermission? How long was that set? About 15. 15 minutes of just... Uh, <laughs> right, never. We, I was like... Mind you, she tells me this right before I'm about to step out on stage. So I text the guys and told them this, which I probably shouldn't have done because now everybody should. But we went out, boom, we started doing the show. So then for the intermissions coming up, we like, what are we going to do? Uh-huh. So we came up with, on the spot, came up with improv games uh-huh. and like uh, another little act that we had done in our house maybe a couple of times. Everybody loved it. For real? Like what was the set? What was a little bit about the set? Like, um, so we had this thing called Club Log, where Mike would narrate. He'd be like, "Don't you hate when dudes in the club and they got the most room in the world, but they just want to back up, they just want to stand right in front of you." Yeah. So he would say it, 
the spotlight would be out on, on him. When he get done talking, it would go off on him and come on us, uh-huh. and then we would act it out. Okay. And so that that was a segment that we did. Everybody used to love that segment because uh-huh. it's everything relatable college, you know, yeah. club party. So we uh-huh. do all that. Um, and so what's funny is about this whole show. After the show, uh-huh. people were like, "You guys should have just been the whole show," and that made us think like, "Oh, we could take this." On the road, like people saying, and this is two thousand nine. This two thousand nine. Okay, we could go do this all on our own. We could take this and actually do do a college tour, and that's what kind of started us doing stuff on the road. But because of that show, everybody in Georgia State started to know us, and then that spilled over into AUC, you know, Spelman Clark, all that stuff, and then that spilled over into Atlanta, and then then the video started circulating, going and going and going, and then um, it's like I gotta tell this story because it just makes sense. Uh, 2011, mm-hmm. our channel got deleted, mm-hmm. terminated, wiped out, all the videos. So the the channel that people see now with the million subscribers started. We started that from zero. Wow! Two years after we had already started. When we started in 2009, by 2011 we had maybe 60,000 subscribers, maybe 11 million total channel views. 200 videos. And that is that is really real because that's before albums started getting clay. That's yeah. what I, I was like when people were, if you had 6,000, they were all seeing your stuff. It was oh, yeah. like a whole different. All of our videos were starting to get to 700,000, 800,000, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we were like, oh, we finna be out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we finna Early. Be out of here. Mind you, we wasn't getting paid by YouTube or nothing like that. We were like, oh, we finna Y'all were getting nothing from YouTube. No, no, because it was still early in YouTube. I, we didn't even know you could get paid yet. They, they didn't even, I don't even think you could get paid yet. Wow. Or maybe they had just started. Mm-hmm. So this happens. So this happens, and then as soon as this happens in uh, in 2011, we go to zero. Mm-hmm. We go to zero, and we're like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Mind you, this is because of, like, they had a thing called false flagging, mm-hmm. which is basically like copyright stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um if you had certain music yeah. or, or certain uh, images of people, you couldn't use that stuff. So you weren't protected. Uh-huh. YouTube, we weren't protected by anybody on YouTube or nothing like that. So we ended up putting up a video. It was a prank called the Chuck E. Cheese, which, by the way, I don't regret it because it was funny. <laughs> it, it was funny. We called uh, as a Jamaican man looking for our wife stepdaughter, and it was so funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> you describe your daughter. She's uh, Caucasian. Uh, it was so it's so funny. So anyway, that got deleted. We didn't know what we were going to do. We were like, yo. And y'all, I, I, so how, well, let's take a walk through. How hard did y'all fight with YouTube to get it back? I know y'all didn't just say, you're like, oh, all right, cool. Oh, the story gets deeper. Yeah, I, okay, go ahead. The story gets deeper. <laughs> so we get deleted. We're like, what are we going to do? Our fans start petitioning online. Get Don't Take It Back. Get Don't Take It Back. We're like, all right, cool. This is good. A fan reaches out to us on Facebook and says, yo, my cousin works over at YouTube. She's like an intern. Maybe she could try to help get some information. We're like, oh, bet. We start going back and forth with the cousin. Like we're almost like she's like, oh, I think get, I can get your channel back. Da da da. So then um, she's like, all right, hit you guys tomorrow. So this, she doesn't hit us for a couple of days. So we hit her cousin. We like, hey, we haven't spoken to your cousin a little bit. Can well, do you know what's going on? She says, my cousin passed away. The girl who's helping us passed away. Car crash and she was pregnant. That hit us so yeah. We were like. Yeah, I we didn't care about the channel at that point. We was like, "Wait, Whoa. what?" Then it got it got so deep that quick. We were like, to the point where we like, 
do we need to be doing this? Like, is this a sign? Because you know, you you look at it, you like, hold up, Whoa. what's going on? We was like, so now our channel's gone. This life is gone too, and we still don't have no answers for nothing. We said, you know what? Since she was a fan, she was helping us. Let's go in. Let's just dedicate it to her. Let's just let's go all in. So we used the opportunity to rebrand ourselves, get a new logo, new website, new camera. And we said, oh, we finna go in. Every Sunday we drop a video. I don't care what the what the uh, what it is. So we started going on a roll. Within like a month, we had 80,000 subscribers. We was we was rolling. We was putting up all types of videos, all types of videos. Then and that led us to an agency reaching out with us to, to agency that we just that we still with to this day. They reached out to us and was like, oh, we see you guys have like 80,000 subscribers in less than a month. How'd you do that? They, of course, they didn't know we had the channel. Yeah. But that was a blessing already. So, boom, now we got an agent because we had hit this person up before, never got a response. But yeah. then they seen the comeback and they were like, oh, shoot. Then uh, a manager reached out to us and we ended up signing with a with management. Then we ended up uh, signing with a YouTube uh, partner to start getting paid. Mm-hmm. So, none of this would have happened wow. had we not got deleted. Uh-huh. And so it was a blessing in disguise, which sometimes in blessing in disguise, they heard it. First. You don't know, you like, I don't know what this is. So then we did. A, so this is the video that kind of took us over the top. It was a viral video called Straight Out of Dunwoody, uh-huh. which was a straight out of Compton parody. Uh-huh. Straight out of Compton. We were basically moved to a city in Atlanta named Dunwoody where Ryan Seacrest is from. Yeah. And they were so nice that we were like, let's rap hard about our nice neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It went viral immediately. Fox News, Atlanta picked it up. Uh, then uh, Dunwoody Papers picked it up, talking about us. And then the NBC Today Show reached out to us, and they wanted to use our clip, so they played that on national news. So that ended up getting us to like five hundred, six hundred thousand views, so quick in like maybe a week or two. Uh-huh. And then Comedy Central New York reached out to us and was like, "Yo, we've seen your video. We want you to come up there and meet with us." And kind of that's where kind of just. Put our foot in the door from there. We just kind of and what started. year was this? This was 2011, 2012. Yeah. Man, man. So before we so kind of deleted channel, that's what wow. I did. That's that's <laughs> that's crazy, man. man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, before we even get to kind of the rise, because because yeah. the next section, of course, is the rise from 2000. Uh, 2011 ish and 2017, yeah, and then yeah. we'll kind of talk the current day. For sure. But I want I wanted I wanted you to share some advice and some knowledge for those that are. Just starting up. This isn't this doesn't just apply to creatives, right? Mm-hmm. People that are just starting their starting their channel, they're whether it's a podcast, they speaking career, writing a book, yeah. um, a new entrepreneur, side hustle, maybe even a new corporate career, man. Yeah. Three things, man. Like, what kept y'all motivated, like just in general, like during the day? Cause I mean, y'all didn't y'all was getting making videos with no money attached. No so money, but we still going to work, still going to school. Still. So break us down. I'm not even gonna put you in a box. What are the yeah. top, top three to five things you yeah, would share? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, it, you got to have a flame inside of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that flame comes naturally or it becomes when you find what you love, but we had a flame. Like we could not, I'm be at work writing skits. I'm at work thinking about videos. I'm at school figuring out like everything is a skit. Every conversation I'm writing, I'm like, okay, what can I do? Like also... You got to know that if it's hard, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Honestly, it was, it was tough. We be it was sometimes I'd be in class and laugh class at like 9 p.m. I'm like, man, 
I still gotta go shoot this. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm tired, but I want to because mm-hmm. I gotta get it done. So uh, that you gotta, so you gotta have a burning desire. You gotta know that if it's hard, it's meant for you to do it. You gotta honestly, you gotta pray a lot. <laughs> that's that's real. It's like whether you, whether you pray, whether you meditate, whatever that thing is that keeps you centered, you need a lot of that. Because it's it's something nice, man. I'm in the room. I'm like, I'm done. With this. I don't feel like doing this no more. I'm not. We not getting nowhere. I'm not getting paid. I ain't got time for this. But then immediately I'll be like, nah. Because it's there's two versions of you that live in you that I don't know if people know. There's the you that is already successful, mm-hmm. and then there's the you that is like, ah, uh, you're not really. You know, it's a, you. you you can do better. People are better than you. You get it's it's too, and it's a constant battle. That's why even George Myers says the book, the Battle of the Minefield. It's a literal, a constant battle. Like you got to get up and go to war every day. <laughs> you got to get up and go to war. You just got to know that the only unsuccessful people are the ones who quit. Other than that, all your success stories sound the same. When you really break them down, <laughs> when you really break the success story down, they say one thing: I just, I just didn't stop. Whether he, Morgan Freeman, fifty years old when he got his biggest role, That's fifty. Crazy. Like, come mm-hmm. on, he didn't stop. Like, if you stop, it'll never happen. I, and I'll give this to you guys who are listening. Imagine this: you're laying in your hospital bed. You ninety-eight years old. You wrinkly at this time. You know, <laughs> you know, a couple of breaths from now, this could be it. Do you want to say, what if? Oh, that hurts me every time I think about it. Like, it just, I would think about that. That would motivate me. Because there's no way I want to get to the end of my life and say, what if I would have kept going? Oh my God, it makes my yeah. stomach turn. <laughs> yeah. It makes my stomach turn. I'm just yeah. like, oh. Because, like, what if, what if that next day was going to change your life had you kept going? Like, that right there keeps me motivated in itself. Don't be a what if. You do not want to be a what if. Because you'll look back and be like, you mean I was only, (laughs) I was only 24 hours from my life changing, but I quit. 24 hours before. Because <laughs> you never know. This podcast, you don't know, this could land somewhere in somebody's ears tomorrow and they could hit you and be like, we would love to pay for your brand spot, like anything. Yeah. But had you quit today, you you know, you had some difficulty before yeah, you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had you been like, man, you know what, wrong? I can't, I, we yeah. can't do it today. What if today was the day that, you yeah. know, you just don't know, man. And I, it hurts me so bad when I see people give up. But like, it hurts me so bad. I don't, I want to see you win. So if you listening, do not be a what if. You do not want to be that. <laughs> I promise you. You go to retirement homes, the number one thing they're saying is, I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that. So with that being said, like I said, before we move forward, yeah. one thing I want to ask though is, is there a specific time or moment when it, you think it is okay to quit? Not quit like everything, yeah. but like like because I, I want to because I always oh, want to get yeah. the two things right. The power of the pivot is real. Yeah, talk talk to us about that real quick because I know some people over there that they're they've been working all four five four years five years yeah, something yeah. ain't working. They like yeah. I'm gonna keep going at it, but Listen, like let me yeah. Tell you guys something. Honestly, 
We've had deals on the table. This might have been a year ago. Multi-million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. We was excited. It was going to be for a sketch show. We was booming, da-da-da. All our marbles in the bag. We like, here, this is what we're going to do, do-do-do. Mm-hmm. One day we in the house, our manager called me. He says, um, yeah, they're shutting down their program and uh, they have uh, taken away the funding. So, yeah, we won't be able to shut. Oh, sheesh. We are so confident in what we had that it didn't even really move us like we thought it would. It's just like in basketball. We went to step. Oh, defender right there. I got to <laughs> I got to shift. You got to be able, you got to know that, in, especially in this entrepreneur lane, and honestly in anything in life, you got to know that you can make a plan, but like, stay on your pivot. Like, because... The minute you plant, what happens when you get crossed over? You fall. You know what I'm saying? Stay kind of lean a little bit. You got to know that it's not really always going to go as planned. You got to know that, dang, just because this didn't happen doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just didn't happen right now. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? We've had that deal on the table. We had a deal with MTV at one point. Mm -hmm. That fell through. We've had, listen, you don't know how many knows. <laughs> Is that how the entertainment yeah. industry kind of works? Where it's like you can get real excited, like yo, we here, we it's, it's time, like boom, we we blowing up, we know everybody, we we in the spot, yeah, spot. we putting numbers out, we putting numbers on their boards. And you gotta know that it's a it, it's it's a keep going game. Like that's just that's just what it is. It's a keep going game. And I would say anybody who's out there, you feeling like quitting. It's okay to take a break. It's okay. It's so because you need that sometimes. I I've definitely said, you know what? I need about I need about two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to get myself right. I mean, I think even me, you had a conversation. Sometimes yeah. you need, it's like, all right, let me let me back up a little bit. Yeah. You're not quitting. It's more so it's like, let me reframe some things. Let me, okay, which way should I go now? You need those quiet times with God. You need it, all right, God, all right, I, I, I'm not sure what to do. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Go to your homies, go to your somebody who you uh, are close with say look I'm scared right now I don't know what I'm gonna do now I'll get it out but then get back to it like you gotta because <laughs> if you really want it you just gotta know how to pivot like right when we weren't because we took a break from making videos but we was like alright since we can't do videos right now let's, let's double up on the podcast you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying or if we can't do podcasts right now uh, well let's at least um, you know uh write some stuff on Twitter to, you know, keep, you know, whatever's going to keep you sharp, keep you going, you got to be able to pivot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The power of the pivot is real. I low-key, that's a book. Yeah. That's that's a book. Because it seems like y'all, I mean, especially in entertainment, entertainment is all, that's all people do. That's, you got to pivot all the time. Okay, you, you, get, you go for a role, you don't get it. Okay, yeah. what happens? You get a role, but they want you to do a different part. You always, it's like, all right, uh, but people just think, even the most talented go through you see what Kevin Hart just went through the Oscars, like even the most talented people. Honestly, this I remember the pastor said this to me one time, and it blew my mind. He said, "A lot of people want the blessings, but they don't want. A lot of people want the blessings, but they don't want the chaos that comes with the blessing." Mm-hmm. It's always good and bad. Okay, uh, God, I want to be a billionaire. All right, I'm gonna give you that. Boom. Oh shoot, I got a lot of taxes. Oh man, I got a lot of responsibility. Oh, family is getting on my nerve. Like, oh, 
friends now, oh, now my friends don't like me because they think I'm bougie. Oh, da, da, da. I got so many properties that I can't keep. It's a lot like, uh, just, you, you got the money, but now that's the other part of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's the, it's the yin and the yang of life. And mm-hmm. I think once you realize that, oh, this isn't going to stop. <laughs> like, yeah. This is going to happen. Once you realize that, I think you kind of lock into a, a smooth pace and you like, I get it. Like now, stuff, allow yourself to, to grieve. Yeah. Something happens, like, ah, mm, I was really looking forward to that. Give it a day or so. All right, well, let's let's keep let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. You can't just you can't get hit and fall down and stay that like take it from boxes. They get hit all they get hit all the time, but if they that if they go that that referee goes to ten, yeah, it's uh, that's it. It's a wrap. That's it. And but it. in that time, think about it. Like they get knocked down. And when you like zoom into the perspective of the person who got knocked down, he getting up, he blinking, he he woozy, he don't know where he at. You gotta find your, you yeah. know, it's just perfect analogy. Like you like, okay, uh, all right, shoot that deal, they go through. Okay, wait a minute, I didn't expect that, but I got this car payment. Oh shoot, yeah. all right, okay, cool. I, I gotta figure out where I'm gonna get that money from. But okay, then stuff starts to get clear, uh-huh. and then they get their bearings right. And they're like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm back. And that's exactly what it is. The same thing with everything we do in life. You you get hit, you get. Not down, but you gotta push yourself off the mat, man. You just gotta, you gotta get to it, man. You, you, you dropping, dropping gym after gym, man. <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump to all right. Now it's 2011, 2012 ish. Y'all, your channel's back popping, blowing back popping, up. Yeah, it's moving now. You signed a deal with him. You got a manager. You got the deal. It's like now it's like yo, it's game time. Yeah, yeah. So what's what? So I, I know you can. Fast forward up until I guess 2017. Like, what was that? What was that time of the life, right? As far as creating, now y'all got a little bit of back, and y'all got people like Man. take us through your mind frame, and then take us to actually what what kind of to some highlight things that transpired. Our first million view video had had uh, popped off, which was a music video called "Ass on the Internet," and it was a one shot music video uh, shot by our uh, good friend Mike Cook. He's a director out in New York. Mm-hmm. Um. That kind of started really getting us to rolling. Like everything was rolling, everything was rolling. And then I was in the Bahamas with one of the group members with Cam, because Cam and Chad were half Bahamian. So we were in our Bahamas Christmas of 2012. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I heard the small still voice mm-hmm. that people talk about all the time when they like, oh, I heard a small still voice. I heard, um, you know, I heard God talk to me. And that's like, Oh, that's what that voice is that people are talking about. And it basically was like, I think me and Cam felt at the same time. He hit us bit, and both of us was like, it's time to move to LA. And we both felt it. It was like, it's oh, this whole time y'all went to LA? We was in Atlanta. Still. This whole time? 2020, yeah, still in Atlanta. When y'all got the deal, when y'all did everything. Yeah, but here's the thing there's still no deal on the table. Um, there's, no there's still us, independent. Mm-hmm. We were like, it's time to move to LA. How? I don't know, because LA is expensive. But it goes back to what I said before. Once you start moving, God meets you. Two months later, our manager's like, hey, I'm sitting down with my good friend Tracy Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And she started her new YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would like to license some clips from you guys. And we're like, okay. And she ends up licensing clips, and we use that money to move to LA in 2013. When you say licensing clip, what does that mean? Like, uh, if we already had a video, she paid for it to put it on her YouTube channel. 
Oh, wow. she didn't buy one. She bought like twenty. So y'all, so why does that work? What do you mean? Put it. Look, she paid because she had started a new YouTube channel yeah. called All Right TV at the time, and that's when all the celebrity Shaq was getting his YouTube channel. They, so they, everybody was searching for content. Uh, so they couldn't just rip our videos and just take it. So she was like, "Well, I'll pay you guys to just use your videos on my channel." Okay. And so with that money, we were able to move. So honestly, she's the reason we were able to move out here. Tracy Evans. Wow. Shout out to Tracy. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> And so, yeah, we move out here. We start going to meetings and uh, stuff like that. Then we land uh, our Comedy Central digital deal. That's mm-hmm. when we did that. What year was that? 2013. Okay. And, uh, but we, this is how crazy it works. We started talking about the deal 2013. We didn't end up shooting till May of 2014. That's wow. how long these processes are sometimes. So, in between that time, you still got to figure out how to eat, uh-huh. how to survive. So, we still was on our YouTube grind. All this stuff that we get paid by YouTube, but at the same time having to write this show for Comedy Central, at the yeah. same time having to deal with life, you know, and then so the, the season comes around, we end up breaking records on Comedy Central. They've never seen anything on a digital outside of like, the, of course, like Tosh. The people and when you say the digital platform, what do you mean by that? They had a, a platform called CC Studios. Yeah. And uh, we did a series called Six Guys, One Car. And basically on their YouTube and on their in their digital archives. Oh, so it wasn't on the national TV, but it was all no, on the digital digital all platforms. Digital, all okay. digital platforms, like a million views on all our episodes, all this stuff was going on. Uh-huh. So we were like, oh, this is big. So that brought in a whole nother Yeah. And our YouTube channel started to grow. We have maybe like 500 k at this point. We're still growing. We still putting out viral videos. We had a lot of different viral videos. And then um so I know when this is happening, we all millionaires. Yeah. No. You said, were we millionaires? Yeah, because I, oh, okay, I yeah, people got to know that. Because we're going to get there, because I know you're going to talk to about that. We but. was still <laughs> figuring out how to. Yeah, yeah. Especially in a group. Yeah. You got to split checks. A lot of groups. Y'all have, I mean, it's like, how it's many? Five of them. It's probably now. Okay. At the time, it was six. So yeah. it, was, it was split six ways. <laughs> Seven, including your business, because you can't forget your business. Yeah. That's what a lot of people got to remember. If you listen to this, don't forget your business. Uh-huh. And when you get a check, break it down for you. And your business. Yeah. Otherwise, your business will go down here. So that happened in 2014. Then 2015, they wanted to do another season. Mm-hmm. So we was like, all right. Um, after this, we this needs to go TV because we killing it right now. Yeah. So we started writing another season. We do the season. It kills. They still, we're not sure if y'all can. What do you mean? Not, these numbers is there. We need to see y'all do a live performance. So they booked us a random live show at UNC Charlotte. Mind you, we, and they put, they they brought one of their executives down there. Uh-huh. We murdered this show. Uh-huh. Standing ovation murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. Then they said, okay, well, can y'all sell tickets in New York? This is what I want y'all to know that as black men, it's always a hoop. Like that you gotta, <laughs> <laughs> had this been a white group, uh-huh. I'm sorry. They wouldn't have had to go. I know they wouldn't have went to the Yeah, because you see, behind the scenes, like cats is like over. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that. But we jumping through hoops. And mind you, this isn't, I'm not even going to sit here and say, oh, uh, forget condescension, nothing, nothing, nothing. No, no. This was all just a learning thing. Yeah. I'm fine with it to this day. It happened. Cool. It is what it is because it helped us grow as a group. It helped us grow as comedians, as entertainers, as writers. So we did this and this. We did, we sold out the Gramercy in New York in mm-hmm. a month. We sold out the Gramercy in New York in a month, like 600, 700 people in yeah. New York. Yeah. And that was one of our biggest markets, but they didn't really know that. Yeah. So we do the show at the Gramercy. 
we killed it. That was a surreal moment because that was the first time I seen our name in lights. You know, in the uh, marquee. Yeah. And it was like dorm tame and grammys. I was like, yo, this is wild. Coming from zero, having nothing to nobody yeah. on you, to this, I was like, this is wild. I was like, this isn't even where we going to. Yeah. So we do that. Long story short, we come back to LA, show falls through. They don't give us a show. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. Like, yeah. Everything. But we realized that our writing had got stronger, uh-huh. our our stand-ups had got stronger, our just our storytelling got stronger from so, doing all that. So question, how do you how from a from your creative perspective, yeah. how can you tell when you actually get stronger? Oh, it becomes thing. it becomes like you know how LeBron can go out there and just do his thing. I'm not saying we have LeBron Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that would be Dave Chappelle. Dave uh-huh. Chappelle has reached a God level of confidence. He uh-huh. can just go on stage and just talk, and people are like, oh my God, we ain't reached that. But you can tell it starts to get natural. It starts to feel like it's like a dance. Mm-hmm. It starts to feel you know, it's, a, it's a rhythm into it. And that's how you can feel as a creator like, oh, okay, so I know how to write this joke structurally, or I know how to do this. Or when somebody asks you, do you think this is funny? How can I touch this up? Oh, well, move this hair, do this, that, that. He's like, oh, okay. I'm learning. Like, and you learn from being in these writers' rooms with these big people. Like, you learn all this stuff. So, yeah, that happened. So, I fast forward a little more. Um, basically, since then, we have um, we teamed up with. We got a chance to team up with Kevin Hart's new network, LOL Network. Mm-hmm. We did a show on there. But you're doing some crazy numbers on YouTube, yeah, by the yeah. way. Like, I mean, I thought YouTube. I mean, I know YouTube is still viable in there, but I, I checked it out because you know people make half-hearted yeah, tips. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like Kevin Hart don't make half-hearted tips in anything. We did a show on YouTube Red called Snap, a pilot on Snap. Um, we're writing a movie currently, mm-hmm. um, and. That that I'm just let y'all y'all heard it first here the movie uh-huh. this movie when it comes out yep I'm putting this in the universe like it's it's going to break record I know uh-huh. like, I know it's gonna break especially for first time uh, movie star first time on screen actors for the movies it's it's going to be because we know the subject matter and we know what the movie is about. Is going to make waves. Almost like how Get Out made waves. Hey, Letting you know, you heard it first in the Monday right. Trailblazer podcast, man. Um, so yeah, now I mean, we massed a million subscribers. We did that in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, with 2015, 2016, and yeah, man, it's. I'm just here to tell y'all now. It's still, it's still growing. We're still growing as as men. We're still growing as entertainers because throughout this whole time, you know, life happens. Yeah. Family members pass away, yeah. things happen, you know, health, everything is going on while we're still trying to pursue this. So it's not an easy job. I tell anybody that, like, if I'm ever in a space where I may not be want to be bothered or anything like that, it's not because I don't like it. It's just, it's sometimes it's a lot and you have to take time because as a comedian, as an entertainer, and I'm an extrovert, so I give my energy for people. Uh-huh. But when I put out all day, sometimes when I get home, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I just want to like eat some popcorn. Or, like, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I do that all day. I'm with people in people's face. I'm making them laugh. I'm da da da. And if I don't download back into myself, I'm not gonna have nothing to give. You know what I'm saying? So, so two yeah. things I want to add. How can people that have friends that are in these maybe either in politics in roles yeah. where preachers etc. have friends that are in this. How can they actually give to people like yourself? Because I think that's a that's a narrative that I think is touched on enough. That you have friends that 
are on maybe bigger platforms that are have a lot of responsibilities, not just for themselves. And it's like you give a lot. Yeah. So what ways, just for out there, man, what ways can people give and encourage those that, that you may think that, oh man, he good. I'm I see him on IG all the time. Like, I mean, yeah. this is this yeah. is they y'all give so much on a high level. Honestly, simple things like, yo, I see you. Uh-huh. I see what you're doing. Like, you know, it's stuff like that. I remember uh one of my friends called me one day, it was just like, yo, mm-hmm. um, Everything good out there? Everything good? It was like, okay, cool. I've been watching your work, and I was, and it was like, uh, how are you doing? I was like, I'm doing good. They were like, no, no, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And then when they asked me that, I was like, oh, well, I understand. I'm a little tired. And they were like, hey, I understand. Da, da, da. Look, um, if I could be of any help, if you just want to talk, that's cool. If you want to, like I said, honestly, anything outside of work, it's fine. We can go play putt putt golf. Mm-hmm. I ain't thinking about nothing but this this golf. You know what I'm saying? So just encourage your friends to just get out and do something. Especially if they're in the entertainment. Just do something chill. You know what I'm saying? Do something. We can we can go to Barnes and Noble and look yeah. at random, but like just some relax because when you're in when you're moving around, you you're doing jokes and you're traveling and you're da 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 and you're shaking hands and da da. You're you're grabbing a lot of energy from a lot of different places. So when you get home and you're confused, you're like, wow, I feel like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need, I need, I need a moment. Or when your friends say, hey guys, you know, I don't wanna, I'm kind of chill on going out or something like that. Don't, don't patronize, don't make them feel weird. Just say, okay, I get it. You need, you know, you need, you need your time. So I would say give your give your friends space, but also don't give them too much space to where they, they just lost. But just <laughs> give them space and be like, hey, look. When you need me, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? That, that's it. Honestly, that's all it is. Because um, you're right. People don't talk about that enough. Like, what can you... Because sometimes you just... You might not feel like talking. You might mm-hmm. not feel like... And I remember I was listening to the documentary with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. And I think with Jimmy Iovine's ex-wife, it was like, when you're dating uh, or you're dealing with a genius or somebody in that creative field, sometimes you may... They may not want to talk for like a day. Mm-hmm. They may just want to just be in his own. You have to be able to understand that, oh... I get there. They have a lot going on up top, so they just need to. They need to relax for a little bit. Like it's mm-hmm. all good. Yeah. And how did you say positive and excited before y'all really started making generating revenue? But you still had a lot of fan and support from everybody because I think, and specifically, I know a lot of podcasters out there that are generating content. They're yeah. getting a couple ad dollars, but they like y'all trying. I'm leading. I might lead the game, like yeah. because. I'm not seeing it. Like, I'm financially, I was three, four years in the game. Cause I mean, I finally, just this year, I finally realized how to make bread outside of the norm. But I know there's some other people in this industry, man, they're like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty you done know, off this. People gotta learn, or they need to, you have to learn to know what, uh, like, sacrifice is. So, like, when I say that, I mean, like, how I was telling you earlier, like, I would have to get off from class, go shoot, you know, we had to edit. We've had 24 hour shoot before they go back to class, da, da, da. Sacrifice goes a long way. You gotta know that not that you can't make money, but you're gonna have to sacrifice time. You're gonna be like, all right, what can I do for can I find a part-time that's like four hours long? Mm-hmm. And you're gonna sacrifice sleep because it's gonna be like, ah, oh, I ain't gonna really have much rest, but I'm at least be able to have some money to fund what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I never tell people, oh, just, no, don't go to work. Like, no, get whatever money you need to get, but know that you're going to sacrifice something, whether it's family time, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, sleep, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to sacrifice something. So I think people have to know that it's going to come with a sacrifice, but also staying positive is just 
you gotta kind of. So let's say you're on the way home mm-hmm. and, and it's foggy. You have to. All you can see in front of you with your head is just like the fog. Mm-hmm. But you know where you're going. Yeah. In your head. I'm going home. Uh huh. You know this road. You've been down this road. I know where I'm going. You kind of got to think of it like that. Like, oh, it's just a little foggy right now. Mm-hmm. But I know where I'm going. And when I get there, I know what I'm going to have. I know what I'm going to get. I know. Like, and you got to have your why. My why is my mother, my grandmother, these women that have raised me. Like, I'm like, yo, my grandmother's getting old. Mm-hmm. If she can get up, my granddad can get up mm-hmm. every day and do whatever it is, I can get up. Yeah. I can get up. I can get to it. What's your why? Or do you have, is is your why, like, you have a child. I mean, some people have a kid. Like, yeah. you look at this kid like, oh, okay, I got to get to it. Yeah. You need food. Uh-huh. I got a dream. I got you. We go, you know what I'm saying? You just got to find your why. Whatever that why is, that's what keeps me going. Mine is my family because my mom and my, my grandma just believes in me so much that I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I can fail her. And it would, I would be in tears if, when this happens, I just want my grandma at my first premiere or whatever it is. Yeah. My grandma, my mother. Mm-hmm. I ain't taking nobody else. Yeah. I don't care what woman I'm <laughs> I'm Yeah. I'm taking my uh, mom, my grandma. Yeah. That's what it is. You can tag along, but yeah. just know that if it's plus two, yeah, that's I, it. I, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I gotta do. I uh, mean, anybody gonna understand that yeah. be tripping. But um, yeah, you gotta you gotta have that why. You gotta have that why. And just in general, this made me think in general, just general happiness every day. Because a lot of people will hit me up and be like, hey, you know, how you stay positive, motivated, da-da-da. I said, do this. This and, and if you're listening right now, do this. Take a deep breath. So you I don't think you realize how much of a blessing that is. Mm. When you really think about that, when you take a deep breath, until you, I don't know if you've ever, because this happened to me, I don't know if you've ever had the wind knocked out of you. Until you can't breathe, you don't know how important breathing is. (laughs) When you get the wind knocked out of you, you're like, so just every day when you can wake up in the morning and go, inhale that good energy, mm-hmm. exhale it. Because some people didn't wake up and do that this morning, mm-hmm. to be honest. That's the equalizer, yeah. Some people didn't do that. You got to have gratitude every day that you can wake up and breathe. Or when you, as soon as you open your eyes, if you can see, yeah. some people are not doing that. Mm-hmm. Some people can breathe, but when they wake up, they blind. Yeah, yeah. Or they can't hear. Mm-hmm. So if you're waking up with your bodily functions, please utilize what God gave you. Uh, yeah. And be happy about it. Life is going to stress you, but I guarantee you, God forbid they call you and say, oh, my mother is in a car accident. You're not thinking about none of that stress no more. Mm-hmm. None of that matters. So your family, your health, mm-hmm. if you got those things, I'm so, I thought about this the other day. I'm so blessed. I have all of my grandparents, my dad's side. That's and crazy. Mom, I have all of my grandparents. Wow. That's a blessing. Even I told myself, I said, wait a minute, I gotta, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm really blessed. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I could be, I could be crippled. I could be, you could be so many things. 
don't let this person on the internet get you down. <laughs> like, yeah. like, don't, don't, like, leave that where it's at. You don't need none of that. If you happy, if you're in a good space, if you can take that deep breath, mm-hmm. that's all you need. That's, that's, that's the, that's all you need. So before we get to the rapid yeah. fire question and get to it, I, I have, I got three questions yeah. I want to, I want to, the first question um, is kind of high level. How do you, how in the space now do you continue to support other people, other black people in the culture that's in, in your space is doing well, or even something that's not? Like, how do you how do you manage um, really making sure that you're positive and aff- affirming others in your space that are maybe even started after you and getting farther yeah. of those that are still on the come up? Like, how do you find that balance between that? Because it's kind of, I mean, it's a hard, it's creative. We still, we compete. So you see, damn, bro, like my boy just blew up. Like, hold yeah. up, what's going on? She got a show, she got a deal, yeah. and you clapping, but human nature for a second would be like, bro, that, bro, what, what, oh, the deal? Oh, what, what's going on? So how do you, how do you, how do you mentally get through that and still support, especially the culture? Um, it's different highways. Mm-hmm. That's just how I look at it. To get here, I had to take the <laughs> the one on one. Yeah. To the to the you know one ten. They on a different highway. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Once I learned that, I was like, oh, I get it. Even if they, I would, it low-key excites me if I give somebody a piece of advice today and then mm-hmm. two years later, I see them using that advice and it's gotten them to a place. Because I'm like, Ooh. I think Steve Jobs said it best. He said, if you're not down here to influence and inspire, what you doing? And that's not just in a creative field. With mm-hmm. anything. Yep. As a mother, you're supposed to influence and inspire your child. As a father, whatever that is. So if I'm giving my influence and they're using it, like I'm not even, I'm not even mad. Human nature, jealousy can't be there. Yeah. But I don't let I, I would never let jealousy keep me blind to the fact that this is this person's path. That's all. This is this person's highway. This is this person's future. I can't control what God has for them. But the minute I send out negative energy, it's just bouncing right back to me. Mm-hmm. But if I say, you know what? Keep doing your thing. You're doing your thing. If you need support, I got you. Because when they, when people hear that, because they're so used to people bringing them down, and especially, especially, and I hate to say it sometimes in the black community, the crab and the bear, like, we're so used to people bringing us down that when somebody actually lifts us up, we love it so much that we like, oh, we got to reach back and get them. You know what I'm saying? Same thing Issa said. We, you don't network up. You know what I'm saying? We just want to network to the side with her, with her people. Like, and that's what, like, we've been knowing Issa for a long time. When soon she was on Insecure, she said, I got y'all. I'm going to put y'all. She put us on the episode. Like, it was nothing. We have to reach out and grab each other. You know what I'm saying? We have to reach out and be like, Yo, do you need something? Hop in. If you're listening right now and you got a friend that's been asking you to do a video or something, jump jump in their video. Okay, it might not be paid right now. So what? Like, help. If you have time yeah, and you yeah. have fun, of course, like, jump in there. Like, because what is there really to lose from supporting somebody? Like, it's not really that's nothing true. to lose. You're not losing. If anything, you're gaining uh, maybe a friend, a future friend. You're gaining respect. And you're gaining positive karma. And I think everybody wants yeah. positive karma. Like, you're gaining that. So it's a little bit selfish slash selfless that you yeah. got to be. Selfish in the sense that 
I'm gonna help you, and I hope you go further because I know that's gonna get me somewhere yeah, as well. It's just, it just real. And it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know that's gonna get me, whether it's from you tell me something, whether it's from we've had times where we've just spoke to people once, two years later. Yo, uh, I met you at the so and so, and you were so nice. I got this opportunity. I thought about you. What, you thought about me randomly, you know what I'm saying? But because you left an impression, mm. it's like, ah. Uh, and that's how it is. So, you know, you'll meet somebody, you'll be like, yo, that lady was real. Like, she was nice, you know what I'm saying? Something might come up, you're like, oh, I know the perfect person. Yeah. So, it's just, you got to know that everybody's path is different, everybody's highway is different. You just got to get in your car. Stay in your life. Man, man, man. <laughs> For those out there, man, make sure you go get the book, The Go-Giver. Have you ever heard of that book? No. The Go-Giver. It's a quick read. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I will give you my cup. I gave away to the Uber driver that dropped me out here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's it's so pivotal about giving. Yeah. Like, you give, that's the reason why a lot of people are not blowing up. Yeah. They ain't the level they out. They're not giving. And that's a whole yeah. biblical principle. We ain't going there, but. Yeah. And it's not even monetary. Yeah. It's just, hey, you need help? Mm-hmm. Cool. Hey. I got this for you. Hey, uh, I can jump in the video. Hey, keep going. Giving can be in an affirmation. Giving can be in reaching a handout. Giving can be in 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 uh, forms of money. Giving is so many different forms. But I see you saying it's just the point that you just give. Because people yeah. believe that, especially if you're not doing that well financially or your stuff is taking off, you're like, oh, I have nothing to give. That's a disrespectful to God. If yeah. you believe it, like you can't. How do you, as a human? You made it, you have nothing to give to anybody. All you can do is receive. That don't like. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. And there's a lot of people probably listening right now. It's like, hold up, G. Like, I, I even I had a capital improvement campaign, and I tell people all the time, like, it wasn't, it wasn't about like, ra- it, it was about raising money. No, but I said, God was gonna take care of that anyways. Yeah. And people were like, well, G, I, I don't got. I'm like, yo, guys, it made so much to me. A friend of mine, um, Nate, it changed my life about giving. It was like a couple years ago. And I had, I was on tour and I know if you my boy, I'm not charging you for a show. Yeah. Like I'm not. Yeah. But he was like, he just, I, I didn't ask him. He just put $5 in the thing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that really like spoke volumes to me. I meant more than honestly, some people that bought $100 tickets, $20. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, he was my boy automatically. And he wasn't scared of, oh, I don't have $100 to give. No, $5. And I was like, yo, from that point on, I said, now nah, if I really support people, I want to give, no matter what the amount. I just want to show people that if you give something to me, if I can't give you money, I'm going to give you, like you said, I'm going to jump in something. I got some advice somewhere. I've been through something. Like, you black. You've been through oh, something. Right. You can give somebody something. something. Don't just take that. And people yeah. get like, so, yeah, man. And but, sure they say in the Bible about it, come back 10-4. I remember one time I gave this homeless man mm-hmm. uh, 10 bucks, like my last 10 bucks. Yeah. And the only reason I gave my last 10 bucks was because when he came to me, yeah. I knew it was God. When he came to me, he said, if I could just like give like, Ten dollars, I'd be okay. I said, I got, I got. Because he said specific, <laughs> so I gave it to him. And I was mad going home. Yeah. Like, Why you do that? You too nice sometimes. Da da da. My mom calls me. Yo, you got a check here in the mail that I don't think you opened when you was here. And I was like, No, I don't. I got all my mail now. She was like, No, you left with envelope. Envelope one hundred ten dollars. Wow. I gave ten. Got it right back. Press it down. Thank you for. Like it's wild. Like it's really out there. So giving. And like we said, giving when it's when you feel like you're not yeah. saying force give, you ain't got to force give, but when you feel like okay, I'm gonna get this first, like give it, like and I, and I guarantee cool. it. That's man. a whole other podcast. Yeah, Listen to the spirit, yeah. like I mean, the spirit is real. Like that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the second question is, know what you know now, right? Because yeah. you're thirty now. Thirty, yeah. 
So what would you tell what would you tell the younger version of yourself, uh, the one that was in college, first starting out, man, doing all the stuff you have? Actually, take that back. What would you tell the surgeon that um, in 2011, once you signed the deal and it's like, boom, it's right there in front of you. This is 2012. It's seven years ago, right? It's like, in your head, you probably, like, a move should have been 2015. Oh, yeah. It should have been 2013. Oh, yeah. And you've been putting numbers up. Like, yeah. what would you tell, no one should now, the industry people you met, what would you tell yourself now? You got time. Mm-hmm. Young man, you got time. If you between 18, honestly, if you between 18 and 30, mm-hmm. you got time. <laughs> I could have honed so many skills. I could have invested so many things. I could have in a rush to, oh God, like, I ain't got it yet. I can't believe I ain't got it yet. It's time for me to get it. Like, I need, we need to get it, da 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 da. Yeah, slow down. Learn yourself. Learn yourself. Like, that's one of the key things. Grow internally mm-hmm. and watch how you grow externally. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things I would say. Growing internally, young man, grow internally first. Learn yourself, self awareness. Mm-hmm. What don't you like? What do you like? Are you following the views of other people or are you following what you really believe in? That right there, I probably didn't get till maybe two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Had I got it when I was a little younger, it would have been crazy. But when you got to, of course, you got to go through it. But that's what I would say. You learn yourself internally and you can grow externally for sure. And then the last question of this is um, knowing, not knowing what you know now, but in 2019, man. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Hit that. Hit in 2019, man. What, what, what should people be expecting from you individually, and what can people be on the radar for for Dormtainment that you can share publicly? Um, for sure, for me, um, I'm hitting the stage more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a. It's a it's a different feeling when you when you live in front of people, you know. When you Way feel, different. It's a different, feeling. especially when that's where you really shine at. That's where you really like, that's where you really shine at, and, and I'm growing in my craft. I'm not gonna say I'm the best at at being a stand up or anything like that, but I want to keep growing in my craft. So more more of that, um, more writing, uh, music, uh, so uh, some uh, some music coming. And then as far as the group goes, the movie for sure. That, 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 is it coming out of 2019? Mind you, no, no, we're trying to sell it this year. Okay, okay, okay. And it could still come out this year. But we, we selling it this oh, year. Oh, we are selling yeah, it this yeah, year. Uh-huh. We've been working on this idea five years. Wow. It's just now getting to a place. Like, that's how long it takes some time to craft something that you really love. But so, definitely, movie. We start, uh, I guess I'll give you guys the exclusive 317, 19 is our 10 year, and, uh, Y'all can get some more skips for us, you know what I'm saying, for the 10-year anniversary. So I know the fans would be excited about that. And just more growth, man. Putting, We realized that we weren't putting enough in growing our home base. Mm. And that's very important because we got so caught up in doing outside ah, things. It's like, And we were like, oh, we forgot a little bit about the home base. Not crazy forgot, but just like, uh, you know what? Let's take that same energy we was putting everywhere else, yeah. throw it back in the home base. So that's what's Because they're going to travel with you. Just yeah. like the home, they're going to travel, they with, travel you. with you. Yeah. And then that's kind of like the, what Kevin Hart did. Like yeah. you build a ground so people that, like, boom, they boom. like, y'all, it doesn't matter what network y'all go to, y'all always had leverage. But then you saw to them and they get you, then they got the leverage. And now all of a sudden they throwing numbers out. You got to be like, yes, sir. Like, yes, sir. No, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, hold on. Now, everywhere we go, we bring it. We got home. 2019 is the year of the home base. We slide home. So, like, that's what we I'm excited about it. All right, rapid fire round. I got five rapid fire qu- questions, and uh, hopefully, I get rap- five rapid fire answers. Man, you ready to rock? Yeah. 
dope. All right, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Quit. Mm. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> I've never received it. <laughs> what's your favorite uh, book or, or movie? Oh, uh, book. Um, one of my favorites is uh, The Four Agreements. Mm, yeah, uh, I remember you put me on. I, I, I read that. Paul, yeah. not, Paul, not Paul, oh, no, Rich. I'm getting my office mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Four Agreements, uh, movie. One of my favorites, Super Bad. Super bad. Yeah, super bad. Uh, uh. What's the um, what's the funniest experience you had with what somebody may deem a celebrity now? Like, what's the most funny experience you could share? Uh oh man, celebrity. Uh, chameleon. Mm. Chameleon. There. Uh, we actually became. Uh, he's he's actually a fan of us. We became real cool, and just uh, funny experiences. His stories. His stories about. Getting riding dirty on the radio, he he had Brian like all the, it was just so many funny things that happened to him. Funny in the sense that it was, it was funny, but at the time to him it wasn't funny. But it's funny to him telling us now all into his Michael Jordan story. That yeah, bro, I got when you leave, I got I got listen to it again. Yeah, bro. it is wild. Bro, so I would say yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Side so, so note, we need to need to really respect a lot of. Staples in the, the culture back in the day. I think a lot of time we throw a lot of dirt. It's, it's yeah. easy to throw dirt on people's names. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. And now we seen the resurgence of Soldier Boy, etc. It's like, well, he, he been, his story ain't changed. He been in the game. To millionaire. There's so many others that they are. Millionaires make money in Silicon Valley, and people people you can laugh if you want to. My man, <laughs> they're working. Working, man. Yeah. Um, last thing, what is what is what is the um. All right. Matter of fact, you create two questions for me that, that you think that the fans or people that's, that the supporters want to know, and you can answer it because I'm it's, 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 I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I don't got all good. Um, okay. Uh, two questions that you, the questions you always get, and you like, bro. Let me just go ahead and answer right here. Um, all right. Uh, do you ever get tired of doing being funny? Mm. Absolutely. Never get tired of being funny. Do I get tired of telling jokes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you tired of being funny? I can because that's a part of my DNA uh-huh. at this point. Like, the yeah. problem is, I'm not going to get tired of being funny um, because it uplifts people. And if if I can uplift people, that's that's I'm with. And then last but not least, um, favorite location that you performed at? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And I'm not just saying it because I'm biased, but North Carolina. North Carolina? That UNCC? Was one of our best shows ever to date in UNC Charlotte. What made it like that? Everything was hidden. The joke was hit. We, we was on point. It was an hour and some change show. Uh-huh. We was on point. That was on the, the the music was on point. The lighting cues was there. People were into it. And then to top it off with a standing ovation, there's nothing like organic. And then people scream and erupt and you end the show and they stand. And my mom was there. Oh, wow. So it was one of the first shows that my mom seen like, oh, shoot, this is real. My son's really like, they get on it. This is out here. So that's probably my favorite. So shout out to North Carolina. What's Charlotte 704? Uh, Shout out to to Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, man. North Carolina is forever the home. So yeah, that was um, was, was probably the best show we had for sure. All right, so that's the end of Rapid Fire Round, man. Uh, we Every single person we have on the show, we call a culture change agent, all right? I don't think every person is listening. 
It's changing the culture. Sure. Like everybody's changing the world. Yeah, we it's, it sounds deep when you were a kid, like change the world, you have to think, oh, I gotta be a president, I gotta do this. Like, no, like yeah. we every single action, emotion we do changes the lives of someone yeah, around I never us. Thought of it. wow. yeah. It's like every single thing, yeah. like um, I wake up and shoot, like it's just I, we, yeah. we can't even go there. Um, but if you could change one thing about the culture, most specifically African American culture, uh, what would you change and why? The support system, man. I think that's a real big thing. We do support each other a lot, for sure. But there's like a black hole of not supporting that I see on social media a lot of times that I that I witness. And I'm just like, if we could figure out how to just chain each other together, that's a bad analogy when I think mm-hmm. about black people. Mm-hmm. But y'all know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> link, when we link up, we link up um, just in a, in a better way. I, I would do that. And then maybe... Yeah, outside of that, I would say another way to change the culture is uh, just investing investing more in ourselves. I think uh, just investing more in ourselves, whether it's money or just time with with more black people, just talks black men together, like getting together, like how many of you are here together, getting a group of black men together, your friends, and talk about stuff outside of girls and having fun. Yo, what are you most vulnerable about? Like, vulnerable yeah. about, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that'll start to black men to start to kind of because think about it, it's some black men that you know maybe their dads left and they didn't have and then they hold this anger and rage and blah, 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 until they either release it in a bad way or mm-hmm. but if we can get together and start talking to each other mm-hmm. about more than just having fun and social media and just talk about like hey how do you feel how do you feel as a black man have you felt angry in the past week and blah, blah, blah. like I think we could like really shift some things for sure man i think you hit it on the head man and as we always in i I actually i missed this but it's a good way to conclude the whole episode man if you had to link about your life and i know you you've hit a lot of challenges yeah. obstacles what was your great as this is the this is what you're in this is what we ended on what was right. your greatest learning moment um so you could share kind of the obstacle and then what you learned from it and you actually share a lot already yeah. but um just from all from all your experiences thus far what is the one thing that you want to leave our audience with as far as learning moments slow down um i was involved in a car accident when i was 16. Mm-hmm. and it was in that moment that i realized being fast is never being being doing everything with speed isn't always the best. We take every day and we think, oh, I gotta get this done, I gotta get this done, I gotta do it, I gotta do this. But just in that same way I was speeding to get where I would need to go, that speed almost took my life. And that goes with everything, like when you when you're doing too much. And your health starting to deteriorate because you're not paying attention. When you speed around and oh shoot, my little kid, you were just two. Now you four. What where did I what did I miss? When your homies is looking at you like, bro, I ain't seen you in like a year and a half. You don't need to talk to us no more. I know I just you know I'll be on my grind. I get you on your grind, but like you're so speedy that you're not stopping to look that every like I said earlier, taking that breath every day and saying, Oh man, I'm here. Okay, another day. I ain't gotta rush it. Get things done. I'll, I'll put it this way. This is the best way I can put it. Have intention with your life. Have intention. A lot of times we just move. 
We just move. Have intention. When the we took Super Bowls coming up, when Brady dropped back, he got he got intent. Like, all right, I want to go to this person. If something steps in the way, I know where I'm gonna go. Like, I know that you know what I'm saying because that's he calculated. Not saying every move you gotta make calculated, but I guarantee you, if you have more intention in your life, you'll see it grow for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, shoot, man. Hey, this is a classic episode for season six. I don't know if it's going to go out back history month or just season six. We don't know. Whatever. Whatever, 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 works. whatever works, man. But uh, how can people find out more about you, find out more yeah. Dorm Tamer, people that are unaware of what y'all are doing? Like, where can sure. people find, find all the information online, Listen, man? It's at Dorm Tamer, everything, D-O-R-M-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T, at Dorm Tamer, everything, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, all that. Me personally, I am at I roam a lot, R O M E a lot. I roam a lot. Check me out, man. That's where I'm gonna be on everything Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. It says Rome Green Jr. Yeah, you'll see. You'll go back and listen to this in about a year and be like, oh, he wasn't playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We break it. We're going to do, we're gonna do the, uh, the, the, the yeah, year, yeah, yeah, year yeah. episode. No, yeah. Next, but, next February 1st, Blackhead, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah, cool. Let's, okay. let's do it. I'm bringing it next time. But not, no more Dolo trip to California. We're bringing the team, bringing the whole that's team. That's go ahead, get the three camera boys set up and literally shoot. I, I know I want to do a live show this time, but I was I felt like I was rushing. Like, yeah. just because I can do a lot of stuff. You took time to slow down. Cause Cause I was, you had attention. Yeah, because I was like, it sounds good, but I yeah. said, I did not come to California to keep doing what I was doing in Durham. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. just relax. Just relax. Yeah, get yeah. for the summer. Because I want to do everything. Now, kind of like, your boys, you deleted it, yeah. and you want to come back 10 times harder with more video, better equipment, better stuff. It's okay, because like I said, even people don't see... I've been doing shows and all stuff without what I got my own camera, but yeah. we've been working in the dark. So when it comes out, it's like, no, 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 we've been in the lab working, cutting, 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 cutting. Stop but that's worrying about people seeing your stuff. Keep working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a time and a place. It's gonna be a time and a place, man. But Minority Trouble as a nation, man. Make sure when this episode drops, man, show us, show the boy brother some love, man. And make sure you thank him for giving a well over hour in this time, man. He had people in town, their birthdays, they came through. They listened to us rapping politics, man. So I appreciate y'all. I love y'all, man. Brother, I appreciate you for all this time, man. Hey yo, in Minority Trouble as a nation, make sure you do one thing and one thing only. And I already know what that is. One side note, y'all already know you're in a black house when you hear the fire alarm kind of oh, going yeah. off that beat without the beat it ain't a black house man but you already know make sure you do one thing one thing only change the freaking culture good night i told y'all it was gonna be a legendary podcast i told y'all i look what y'all done did look what y'all done did we done pop the top drop the top all that good stuff on the legendary show so if you were moved by the show Blow them up on Instagram. Drop a comment on the SoundCloud. Send us an email, greg at gregehill.com on what you got for the show, man. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting, man. So, thank y'all so much for y'all support. Season 6 on the way. Every Thursday, we dropping new content and new episodes. And be on the lookout for our new shows, man. I love y'all. I love y'all. My new Trailblazer Nation, stand up. And remember, I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. To do one thing for you, and we ain't never change. Change the freaking culture. Good night.